My name is Joanne Averson, and this is the podcast, Pain Removed, Performance Improved. Today is a story about someone who we're going to call Susie. That's not her name. But anyway, I had a friend with me helping me sort out my garden and plant some things this summer. And I was watching from a safe social distance and her phone rang in the middle of a conversation about whether we should plant lettuce or tomatoes. And she became very concerned and her entire posture was one of, well, I don't think you should do that. Or, well, I don't know. Well, well, hang on a minute. There's someone here that I can ask. So this friend of mine put the phone to one side and said to me, I hope you don't mind. But could I ask you about my friend? She's hurt her wrist quite badly. And she just doesn't know what to do because it's hurting so much. So I said, why don't you let me take the phone and we can have a chat? So this person that we're calling Susie was explaining that she'd hurt her wrist quite badly, twisting it and lifting something. And she wasn't sure that she'd torn anything or actually damaged anything. But what she did know was that it was getting worse. And when she was doing her yoga practice, which, and these were her words, I know is supposed to be good for me and I know it's supposed to make me better. It was definitely aggravating it and giving her this persistent burning sensation, even when she wasn't using it. And she got a little bit desperate because it had got to the point where weight bearing wasn't possible. Lifting things wasn't possible. Even using a pencil or a knife and fork, particularly pressing with a knife, was becoming painful. And generally speaking, she wasn't sure what to do. Now, they say necessity is the mother of invention, not that I had anything to invent, other than a way of having a conversation about this tissue without seeing her. Because on lockdown, you can't see anyone. So here's the thing about the soft tissue matrix. Here's what it is about the fascia that is so extraordinary. The fascia, it turns out, the connective tissue of our form, is in fact the largest sensory organ of the body. So when we were talking in another episode about the history, you may recall that the fascial tissue or the connective tissue of the form was removed in anatomical dissection. So when anatomy books were written and the story of pain was studied and established in the various theories, there were consequences of removing this soft tissue. And one of the biggest deals about what we're discovering in learning to move and and in manual therapy about the fascia is that this ability to give us what we call biofeedback, to report sensation, this, in other words, this sensitivity of the actual tissue is of paramount importance. So what do I mean by the tissue, the connective tissue is sensory. Well, there's three fundamental things that we get to remember 
One is that we're talking about the actual architecture having ears. What do I mean by that? Well, think about your house, the bricks, the cement, the windows, the wood that might be within the walls or part of the roof or whatever. Imagine that could hear you. Imagine that could correspond with you. Imagine that could give you feedback. Imagine it was living. So when we talk about body architecture, what we're talking about is that soft tissue matrix. So that's the first thing, like your walls have ears. The second thing is that the human body responds all the time. This is the 24-7 tissue. So even when you're sleeping, if all is well and you're healthy, your body will move in your sleep and it will pretty much keep you safe in bed. It's not common to fall out of bed or to get into a difficult position that your body doesn't kind of rouse itself from, to put it simply. So not only do your walls have ears, but they're listening 24-7. And the third thing is, because of the way we studied the physical body, we made things up out of that study. And we've tried to explain psychology and emotion as if they're separate from the body that we're in. I have some very amusing conversations with my colleagues sometimes regarding whether the human body is emotional or not. Because the human body function is generally described in parts, how the parts fit together and how they move. And it's based on how machines work. That's why it's called biomechanics. So we've got a pretty mechanical view of how the body works. And we don't have a very, to be really honest, sensitive view of how the body works. And we almost get accused of being oversensitive if we can hear it and listen to it. And what the paradigm shift we're in is, is one in which we're becoming aware of the implications of not giving the fascial tissue or the connective tissue matrix credit for its sensory intelligence. So not only do the walls have ears, and not only are those ears listening 24-7, but they talk. They make sounds or sensations that feed back. So back to Susie. My job then became translator of whatever her wrist was trying to tell her. Now, like any linguist translating one language to another, it really helps if you speak that language. And I'm very fortunate or very hardworking or whatever it takes to have done 25 years of working with the connective tissue system. So my hands speak fluent fascia, but I couldn't see her and I couldn't touch her and she was over the phone. So I had to ask her some questions to try and find out how we could get her pain removed and just her everyday performance improved through her without seeing her. So here's where it gets really interesting. I asked her, why do you think yoga is good for you in this situation? What do you mean by that? 
And she said, well, I know yoga is good for me, so it must be good for me to do my yoga. Okay. And what did you do? Well, she said, I did dog pose because we always do dog pose. And I was wincing on behalf of her wrist. And she said, but it didn't seem to help. And I said, hang on a minute. There's a few things going on here. One is yoga may be good for you. And sometimes it may not. And yoga may or may not be dog pose. So what if there was a way of considering yoga as an intelligent feedback treatment or movement modality that could help you, but that the weight-bearing aspects of some of the postures might not? And she said, how would I know? So I said, ask your wrist. Did it want to do it? And she said, no. I said, then listen. Does it want to do anything like that? She said, no, not really. And God bless her. She thought that she had to do the yoga that was in the yoga class that she was used to doing, which was her benchmark of her ability to do her yoga. It wasn't what her wrist needed at the time because it had had a twist with a strain in it. So the first thing that we did, and this I recommend when there's an injury of this sort where something is twisted or pulled or just feels out of normal silence, if you will, is a tubing grip, an absolutely standard piece of tubing. And if you can't get one, get a sock. And I recommended that she just wrapped a tuby grip around her wrist and she actually had one so that it felt as if it was being hugged. That simple, as if it was being hugged. So that's the first thing we say to the walls of the arm, of the forearm in this case, and the wrist and the hand. It's okay. I know you're injured. So the first thing we do to remove the pain and improve the performance is what we all love when we've hurt ourselves. It's a hug. So I suggested that not only did she hold her wrist and love her wrist with the other hand, but that she put a covering over it to say, just so you know, I know you've hurt yourself. Just so you know, I'm taking care of you. Just so you know, I hear you. And then came a really lovely feedback. Susie took a deep breath and almost a semi-sobbing sigh. And that's always a good sign to the therapist. That their tissue, i.e. the client's, has been heard. So I took a deep breath too. And thought, yes. First thing we do is hug. And her tissue heard done. So what's the next thing? The next thing under these particular circumstances, and of course she explained in great detail what she'd done and so on, but was just a very gentle squeezing of the tissues from the elbow all the way down through the wrist to the fingertips and back up again. Really, really light pulsing movements, firm and friendly, up and down, just so there was a really 
loving feeling, just like you'd squeeze someone's hand to say, it's okay, I'm here, I know what's going on. What that can do, if you do it very gently, is just help the body get itself organised. It's a brilliant repair mechanism. And this is your way of saying, you're good. You're really good. Let's help. But just a couple of times a day. And Susie was delighted at the thought that she could get actively involved in something that if she did it gently enough and firmly enough, would neither harm nor irritate her tissue. And then she said to me, can I move it? And here's the third thing. I said, ask the tissue. She said, what do you mean? I said, you have four times as many sensory listening nerves in your tissue and you have a sensory tissue. Then you have motor nerves that move. So your body's out to hear what's going on. And all I'm asking you to do is tune into it. So if you think to yourself, I'm going to do my yoga and dog pose. Does that immediately make you feel excited, uplifted and full of ability to do it? And she said, no, it doesn't. It makes me hug my arm closer to my stomach as if to protect myself. And I said, well, that's all you need to know. And I said, do you need my permission to go very, very gently and listen very, very carefully to your tissue? Because it knows exactly what it needs. And I suggest some tiny micro movements every couple of hours just to love it. So you're going to just press from the elbow all the way down the forearm and gently into the hand and the ends of the fingers and all the way back up again, just every couple of hours for a couple of minutes. And you could try wiggling your fingers or gently, gently rotating your wrist because you're really allowed to be gentle and subtle with this very, very subtle tissue. And if it's been torn or twisted, it will find its way back or repair itself if you don't disturb it too much. Now, if these tiny movements aggravate it and make it worse or it swells and a whole list of other things that obviously I shared with her, clearly you have to go to a GP and or a hospital. But this was very clearly explained as a minor pull that was getting better and it only got worse when she did yoga. But it wasn't the yoga's fault. My point is, connective tissue is listening to you. And if you learn to listen to it, and sure, it helps to have guidance from someone with a lot of experience, or to go to a doctor if you're not sure, of course. But there's an awful lot that we can do just by tuning in and listening to this amazing matrix, rather than overriding it intellectually because we think something is going to work. Really, it helps to listen in and ask, does this work for you? And it talks back. And it talks back in the language of sensation. It's very clear. And it's very loud when you're doing something that it doesn't like. And Susie found that out. And the other thing that it seemed that Susie needed permission to do was go slow 
and listen in. And within a couple of days, Susie had totally relaxed. She kept the tubi grip on her wrist all during the day, took it off at night. And the report I got today, a week later, along with a very, very beautiful plant that was bought for me by our mutual friend, was thank you. It's working. I'm doing a little bit of yoga, but no downward dog. And I'm listening in. And it seems to be telling me what to do. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is amazing. It's the most amazing resource that we have. It's what we're made of. And it talks. Take loving care of you. Stay close. And thank you for joining me.